Well, here we go again. Thanks again for listening in. This is our podcast series talking about winning words and how you can use words to influence others. Winning words, how you can influence others. And I might add, how you can be influenced by others' words. We can learn both and. Today, we are going to talk about humor and fun. When I started to think about writing a book on winning words and the power of words, honestly speaking, I was not thinking about a chapter on humor and fun. But when I did my research and I reached out to people to talk about words and how they've used words to help people and connect with people, I got quite a bit of feedback relative to humor and fun. So here we go. When we talk about humor and fun, the two are connected in that humor becomes a part of our lives, but more importantly, humor can be brought about because we're doing what is fun and life is good. Life is meant to be, it says that we are to be joyful in our hearts. And the question I have for you and for Ross is, periodically we have to ask ourselves, does our heart transfer to our face? Do I look like I'm in joy? Am I enjoying life? Am I happy? Does my affect, which we'll talk about later, tell others that I'm enjoying life, I'm having fun, I'm getting the right amount of humor, and I got good balance to life. So when you look at the word humor, here's some definitions. Humor is the ability to express humor or to make other people laugh. You and I both know that some are better at that than others. Some could walk into a room for whatever reason, They've got the gift of fun. People start to laugh. People start to smile. I think in part because they're just anticipating something fun's going to happen when that person gets engaged in conversation. Another definition of humor is the quality of being amusing or a comic to others. So again, think about that person in your life that when you think of the name, you think of the face, you think of fun, you think of humor. Another definition relates back in history. The word humor is purported to be a part of the Greek study of medicine. I never would have thought that. But here's what it's tied to. Humoral medicine in the Greek vernacular was a study which attributed balance in body fluids was connected to just the right amount of emotion. And good balance in body fluids meant there was also a good emotional balance. And the good emotional balance, I'd say, is a balance between attentiveness, focus, concentration, diligence, but also a good balance of relaxation, fun, and humor. So in humoral medicine in the Greek vernacular, Balance in body fluids was attributed to mean that's a person that's going to be well-balanced emotionally. Fun is a little simpler in terms of definition. Fun equates to enjoyment, delight, cheer, cheerfulness, pleasure, 
relaxation, and joy. And so the balance between how we live our lives and humor and fun is going to be our topic for today. If I were to say to you, think about the most fun thing you like to do. And I said to you, you have permission right now to spend the right number of hours that you would need to go and enjoy that fun activity. What would that experience be like for you? You could drop what you're doing, you could relieve some stress and go do something fun. What would that fun be for you? And we're gonna discuss today how to create fun, how to create balance, and how to enjoy the, the lighter side of life. Now, how can I teach that? Well, I can teach it from what I best learned in my own life. And I've got my share of horror stories about being out of balance. But I've also learned over time, maybe it's maturity, maybe it's trial by fire, I don't know, but I've learned over time how to create fun, how to create humor, and most importantly, how to create balance in my life. So let's begin here. If you think about winning words and we think about the impact of what we say on people, if we want our affect on others to be light, cheerful, relaxing. In other words, people want to be around you. You're not like a porcupine who's ready to do something bad. Instead, you want to embrace others. You want to be perceived as a fun person to be around. I would say to you this, be conscious of your early words in the conversation. Now, I've learned this by trial and error. When I get home from a long day at work, as a leader, I've had more than my share of challenging days, part of life. But when I get home or on that drive home, I have to be conscious of changing who I am because I'm about to walk into a home, one person in which in that home is my loving wife. When I was younger, I had two boys that were in that home. So I wanted to make sure that I presented to them who I am as, their, as my wife's husband and as my boy's father. I didn't want to present to them that challenging overload of the day, so to speak. So let me give you a three pointers. First of all, start conversations with a compliment. A compliment is going to be received with a smile. A compliment is going to be received with warmth, with graciousness. And you know what I'm going to get back? I'm going to get the same. So start conversations with a compliment. That will equate to extending relationship. The second is be light in the conversation. We don't need to get into, I've learned, I don't need to get into deep, challenging conversations early in my first 20 minutes in my home. Or the same is true, let's say that I'm, as a leader, I've got a group of people in a room and we've got an agenda. If I put the most difficult topic on the agenda right away, what have I done? I've just set up the meeting 
to be really challenging, to be a potential train wreck. I mean, you can get through it, but the reality is there may be timing to everything. My friend Dennis Waitley wrote a book, and I know exactly where it's at on my shelf at home. The title of the book is Timing is Everything. So I go back to time what it is, what you're going to say. Be strategic in the timing of when you approach difficult subjects. And to start a conversation, I would say be light in the conversation. Fill it with pleasantries. Talk about things that are engaging that people want to talk about. Bring excitement to the conversation. And then the third thing is, and this is so much of what we miss in life, I think, is be open to the response. So many times I find myself, I feel like my words are better than the other person's words. Slap me, Ross. I shouldn't feel that way, but the reality is human nature, we wait to speak. We wait for someone else and we can't wait to speak ourselves. Reality is I miss some of the fun and I miss some of the humor that others would have for me because I don't wait and be open enough for their response. So three things. One, compliment early in conversations. Two, keep the conversation light and fun. And then three, be open to the response. Wait on the response. The conversation that starts well, more times than not, will finish well. So that's my best advice in terms of you want to have fun? Start with great conversation. The other place that's so important is at times in life, whether it's in the workplace or in the home, or sometimes it just you're just living life, you feel tension and you feel as though you're kind of overwhelmed and like, oh, all stressed out. And when is this going to end? Uh, how can I get through this? It's simply tension. And, and I would say to you, we need to discuss how we can break up tension-filled runs, so to speak. When you are like, God, we got two minutes to go in the game, we're down by three touchdowns. You know, it's like, oh, tension, how are we gonna get out of this? Instead, I would say that the right humorous thing may be exactly what you need. Let me give you a perfect example. So here you are in a group of people and the conversation has turned tense. Or maybe people came together in the workplace and the boss is upset, the numbers haven't been great, uh, a project that they really depended upon has gotten behind. You know what it's like, it's tense. Well, I would say to you that somebody needs to be sensitive to breaking the tension. Perfect example. It's getting a little tense in the room. You can feel it, the body language, people are crossing their arms, they're staring aimlessly around the room. Simply take a time out. Simply say, you know what? I need to take a break. I need to go to the bathroom. Get up, change locations, come back together. What you've just done as a leader is you created a break in the tension. You've given everybody a little bit of time to breathe a little bit deeper. And you've given them permission all to realize that, you know what, the tension's been more than we need. We need to enjoy the journey. So sometimes 
It's the right amount of laughter at the right point in time. And here's what typically happens in those kind of situations. At least it has for me. We come back from a five-minute break. The sidebar conversations between, let's say there were five people in the room. We took a break. Do all five walk out at the exact same time and say nothing? No. Quite likely, sidebar conversations happen. So then as we start to gather back into the room where we're meeting, those sidebar conversations continue. The sidebar conversations are not filled with tension. So taking the break changes the words that are being used. It changes the calmness in the room, so to speak, and it replaces anxiety with a sense of calm and enjoyment. So starting conversations is important. Knowing when the conversations or the meeting agendas, the negotiations have gotten too tense. It's all a matter of using the right words. Sometimes words like, let's take a break, are the most refreshing things that can be said when it comes to breaking the tension. Now, let's talk about one of the things that's been one of my life's best learnings, and I hope this helps you. And that is, how do you put fun on a schedule? How do we put fun on a schedule? Now, I'm not referring to planning your vacation, which that's going to be fun. That's going to be on a schedule. I'm talking about a more systematic way, which I think is so necessary. And that is to assure as best we can, as best Ross can, that I have a good balance on my daily schedule, on my weekly schedule. Because here's what's happened if I don't. I've learned this the hard way. If I, you know, we all like to say, my door is always open and I'm available when you need me. Those are great statements and I think a few people can live them and God bless them. But the reality is, at least in my role in leadership, I was a college football coach, college head coach. I was the head of a school for a long time. They kept me way longer than they probably should have. And in that regard, when I look back on that, it's not as simple as it may sound when I would say, my door is always open. My door always could not be open because I had to make sure that I was creating balance for my own schedule. So back to the point of this teaching, how do you get fun on your schedule? So for example, here's one of the things I learned. I was gonna have a busy week every week as a leader. So I needed to be intentional about controlling that schedule. If I did not, my entire week would go by and it was just go, 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 go. Friday afternoon came, maybe there was something going on with the school on the weekend and college football, there was a game on Saturday. It never ended. And by the end of the week, I wasn't going to enjoy the game because I was all run out, so to speak. So what I learned was this. I control my schedule. So one of the things I came up with, I didn't take any appointments on Monday morning. I didn't take any appointments unless by emergency on Friday afternoon. Now, what did that do? That created two pockets of time where I could control my schedule 
And I knew that I had that time on Monday morning to get my week off to a great start. And Friday afternoon, I had that time to review the week, to work on things that I needed to follow up on, and I could plan for next week. Without that Monday morning and that Friday afternoon, I on Friday night or Saturday morning was still working, reviewing the week. So I just turned my own work week into a Saturday, which occasionally nothing wrong with it. But as a habit and as, and here's a key word, balance. To maintain balance, I found that helping adjust my schedule gave me a refreshing look at the week. And it gave me a refreshing time on Friday afternoons to evaluate the week. So scheduling your fun is so important. Here's what happened. On Monday mornings or Friday afternoons, I got to the point where I could look at that time and I could make a run to my favorite ice cream store. I could go do something on in during that time that I wanted to do that was gonna be fun for me. And I could do it knowing that my time was not occupied by an appointment. I think it's important in order to have the right balance of fun and humor and just being in balance as a person is to evaluate each day's schedule. Not everything has to be done today. The priorities need to be done. But here again, if we let too much end up on our plate or in front of us on a given day, we hurt tomorrow because today we're spending ourselves and yet we got to come back and do the same thing again tomorrow. So what I learned and my advice to you, again, balance in all things, is to schedule yourself such you know what you can effectively handle on a given day. How many stressful appointments are you going to have? How many appointments are going to be more relaxing? How many are going to be conversational? And the other thing I've learned is I needed to be at my best in terms of my affect with key appointments. With some people who I met with more systematically or groups that we'd come together for meetings, we got to know one another very well. But for key appointments, I needed to make sure that my affect was really good. My smile, my conversation, my schedule. I couldn't be in a hurry when I was in front of, for example, part of my job as a head of a school is to raise money. I can't be in a hurry when I'm building relationship with a potential donor or with a key donor. My time needs to be their time. So allocating the right amount of time for the right pace of the conversation, that was my responsibility. And I learned by trial and error. The other thing that I learned, and this is so valuable, this is free, okay? This is free. I'm not going to charge anything for this. Depending on your schedule, we all have key events. And those events that we're going to, or in my case, I spoke at a lot, or for example, I had a school board to meet with on a monthly basis. I had a foundation board to meet with on a consistent basis and other standing committees. Well, sometimes I had a concert at night to speak at, hundreds of people there. One of the things I learned is for key events, to reduce the number of appointments on my schedule that day. Why? 
because it's like the game in competition. You practice all week for it. You want to be at your very best for the game. So for the concert or a graduation event or a school board meeting, I wanted to be well prepared. I could control my preparation and my freshness, my enthusiasm level, my energy level, simply by telling my administrative assistant, you know what, if school board meetings are Tuesday nights, Tuesday afternoon, I want a light schedule of appointments. Now that doesn't mean I'm not working hard the rest of the week, but it simply meant I needed to be at my best for that meeting in the evening. Because I used to walk out of board meetings and I, it was nine o'clock at night, been a long day, been at the office since 7.30 in the morning, full schedule. But I could either walk out of that board meeting feeling great, or I could walk out of that board meeting feeling tired. And I'll tell you right now, if I walked out of that board meeting, I was tired, my board members could sense that Ross was tired. That's not what they want in their leader. They want energy in their leader. They want to walk out of the board meetings too, feeling like, you know what, we're doing great. So I would say to you, put fun on your schedule. And I hope those little pointers help. What's it all about? It's creating balance. Back to the Greek study of humoral medicine. Balance in fluids meant balance emotional. If this helps you, again, I certainly hope it does. Now, another piece that I've learned over time is what I call creating fun with your spouse. If you're in, an, uh, in a relationship, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case might, whatever it is, somebody has to be in charge of fun. Now, I've joked with my wife that when she gets to heaven, she's definitely going to be in the fun section. I hope I get in that section, but if you can, if you look at our lives, she is simply a party waiting to happen. She cannot create enough fun for herself or create for enough other people. I'm envious of how much fun she creates because her life is a party. She loves to schedule uh, things that she loves to do. And my point is, Somebody in a relationship has to be in charge of fun. And she has been that for us. But one of the areas that I have taken as my responsibility is what I call intentional date night. I learned that in the early years of our marriage, when I was a college football coach, it wasn't uncommon that we would be watching film as a coaching staff on Sunday till Sunday night, late home, home late, Monday, full work day, evening film sessions, evening game plans, Tuesdays the same, Wednesdays maybe get home for dinner, maybe not. Thursdays were the night of the week when I was likely to have the evening off. I was going to be home for a meal or she and I could do something. So what we came up with was what we call our intentional date night. And I've given this to my advice to my sons, both of which are married. In the busyness of life, I think it's so important that a couple have intentional time together. So what Ronnie and I created was our Thursday night date nights. They weren't always on Thursday nights, but what we did is we simply took the night of the week and we thought, most predictably would be the night that we could set aside for our time. And I would advise her 
Ronnie, don't forget Thursday, date night, make sure you got a sitter. And that simply freed us up to go and be together. Now, here's together. Together could be a romantic dinner at a really nice restaurant. Together could be a drive along the Puget Sound. Together could be an hour or two just talking, getting an ice cream cone. It could be another couple that we do something with. But the point is, it's intentional fun time. And it's what I call intentional feeding time. You've got to feed a relationship. And you feed a relationship two ways. One, you give it time. And two, you talk. And if you're like me, sometimes I need that intentional time where I'm simply one-to-one with my wife and we're having conversation, laughter, candor, whatever it might be. So intentional date night is so, so important. And I just cannot recommend it enough. Schedule date nights because the better you love, the better you live. Fulton Buntain, one of my key mentors, used to say that to the congregation at Life Center. The other thing I learned a lot in leadership, when you have a lot of employees, where you have a significant number of players in college football team or high school team, the pace of practice, the pace of games, the pace of schedule can be fatiguing. And it can be very high intensity, so to speak. So... Let me give you three or four ways by which we could lighten the load, so to speak, things that would introduce humor and fun. And I'll just go through these and if these can help you. So for example, let's start with family. At times, either mom or dad, in my opinion, needs to change the pace of the family routine. That has included up for us over the years. We've had together dinners where Because when you get two high school or middle school boys, they're busy. They got things going. They want to be with their friends. And if you aren't careful, you end up with, uh, you get through a whole week and we haven't had a meal together. Well, we figured out a way to get through that by having, and we'd set aside one night a week. Sometimes it'd be Saturday nights or Sunday nights, whatever it was. But that was a time where the four of us, my wife and I and our two sons would be together and we were assured it was going to be us around the table. We intentionally did not invent to invite uh, my sons as friends because what do we want? We wanted family time. The other thing that was, it's always refreshing is the element of surprise. So if you walk in and the two boys are there and Ronnie, and I say, you know what? Let's jump in the car and let's go somewhere else for dinner. Boom. Rarely was that met with, hey, I don't want to go. So you've introduce fun and excitement into what otherwise is a typical meal. A couple more, college football, practice, heat of the afternoon, tough practice. The unannounced water break always was met with a hoot and a holler. Even better, the unannounced, unplanned for popsicle break. So when I felt it was just the right time Uh, which typically meant we needed a change of pace. We needed to lighten the load. We needed some fun. We needed some humor. I would make a run or I'd give money to one of my people and say, go to the grocery store and buy 100 popsicles. When's the last time you bought 100 popsicles? But you go buy 100 popsicles and 
I'd get our athletic trainer or somebody to help me, put them all in coolers. And during the practice time going on, that person or somebody would help get them out on the edge of the field. I'd blow the whistle and everybody looking around like, what are we doing? And I would simply say, popsicle break, men. Oh my gosh. The excitement that came out of, now what do we spend on that popsicle? It might've been 15 cents. We got thousands of dollars worth of energy out of a 15 cent popsicle. It's just a little way by which you inject fun and humor. And the excitement, the conversations amongst the players, they just came from a grueling drill. They're tired from practicing an hour and 15 minutes. And here all of a sudden, we got a popsicle. Who doesn't like a popsicle on an 85 degree day? The other thing that we used to do is with our football team, and I recommend this for your employees. Take your employees bowling. Take them to do some fun activity. I would say a movie, but you know what? If you take them to a movie, they're all going to sit there and be quiet. Instead, if you go bowling, you'll get laughter that you can't possibly imagine. You'll get reactions that you couldn't possibly predict. The person that you might think would be the worst bowler might, in fact, throw nothing but gutter balls. They would be the worst. But you'll get laughter, but you'll get also a person that all of a sudden you're like, Wow, you can do this pretty well. But most importantly, you change the pace, you change the tension. So sometimes instead of having the after work staff meeting, which I've done hundreds of them with faculty and staff, instead, you know what we're doing next Wednesday? It's a mystery. And we'd, we'd announce we go do something different. So those are all things that can be group or team activities that just you're basically injecting fun and humor into it. Now, here's another key part, I think, of who we are as individuals. And again, I go back to the affect, which for me is when I walk in the hallways of, of the business or the organization I'm at, or when I walk into my home after a day at work, what is your affect? How do people feel when you walk in? What presence are you providing? So let me give you some insights in that regard. This is all about words. First is when you meet people, what impression are they receiving? Do they perceive a smile? Do they feel your eye contact? Do you shake their hand graciously and warmly? In other words, how are you presenting yourself? Think about this. If you were going to walk to a podium and you were going to speak to a thousand people, my sense is you would be prepared for the best possible start. Many of us would be like overwhelmed to speak to a thousand people. But the reality is the better you prepare for it, the better it's going to go. The same is true when you meet someone in a hallway. Walk slowly, eye contact, smile, and then listen. Give the person your time. The greatest gift you can give someone else is the gift of time. So your affect is so important when it comes to presenting yourself as pleasant, warm, joyful. And I think most importantly, especially if you're a leader, 
did people perceive you in a calm, a calming presence where they feel like you've got things under control and that things are good? So that's so, so important. And then the, the last thing when it comes to your affect is be intentional about your response to others. And let me give you a little clue here. Being, being responsive to others is really a factor of how well we listen. One of the things I've coached people on for a long time is I'm not asking you to listen only. I'm asking you to listen to the point of understanding. In other words, be intentional about listening so you can understand what the other person is really saying. Have you ever had a scenario where you, you've uh, had someone say to you, well, I went and saw them, but they didn't hear me. Now, why was that? Because whoever it was that they're referring to, they felt did not give them their full attention. They may have heard the audible voice, but they didn't interpret what the person was really saying. So how you respond is really a function of how well you listen. One time, uh, to create some fun, uh, typically when you have meetings, there's a bunch of announcements and leaders communicate things and we're gonna do this next week and this is what's coming and this is what's on the burner right now and all these things. And I did something one time that I just got an idea. How do we break this up? So what we created was the LCA Evening News. So instead of just having a group of administrative people get up in front of our faculty and staff, 80, 90 people, sit in a room, boring. Instead, we created the evening news. So we set up the room, didn't tell anybody about it, but we wanted to communicate some key things like we do at every meeting, but we had each one of our key administrative people dress up like they were a part of the television evening news. Each one, so we had a person that spoke relative to the current news, we had one person that talked about upcoming events. We had another person talk about sports. We had another person talk about a uh, major event that was coming in the future. But we did it in a broadcast format, and the audience was who? Our faculty and staff. It was simply a way of interjecting a little fun and a little humor into the same conversation we were going to have anyway. But again, leaders are responsible for creating fun and adding lighter moments. Let me, uh, speaking of uh, moments, in today's world, we have so much technology. You know, when you call, if you're like me, what do you want when you call someone on the phone? You want a live voice, right? So how happy are we when instead we get a recording? It's like, oh no. So let me share with you a recording that's on a school. I think you'll enjoy this. So you've called XYZ school. You want a live voice, but instead, here's what you get. The response is this. You reach the automated answering service for your school. To assist you in connecting to the right staff member, please listen to all the options before making a selection. To lie about why your child is absent, Press one. To make excuses for your, why your child did not do his work, press two. To complain about what we do, 
press three. To scream at our staff members, press four. To ask why you didn't get information that was in your newsletter and several bulletins mailed to you, press five. If you want us to raise your child, press six. If you want to reach out and touch, slap, or hit someone, press seven. It's getting worse. To request another teacher for the third time this year, press eight. To complain about bus transportation, press nine. To complain about school lunches, press 10. Who doesn't complain about school lunches? And the last is, if you want to accept life for what it is, and you want your child to become the very best they can be, simply hang up. Just a little anecdotal reference to how voicemail can be the same words. So let me summarize by this. One, control your schedule. Schedule your fun. Fun and humor become a function of you coordinating it. Measure your affect on people. Third, create fun for others. Your family, your spouse, your coworkers, whoever it is, someone needs to be in charge of fun. You know what's fun? Run to your local donut shop and pick up a half a dozen or a dozen donuts and walk in. I've been known to walk in with 10 dozen donuts and announce to our school staff, hey, it's Krispy Kreme day. Krispy Kremes are always well received. Let me wrap this up with a couple of humorous quotes I got from people. This came from Murray Warmath, who was the football coach of the Minnesota Gophers. He said this, if lessons are learned from defeat, our team is getting a great education. In other words, they lost a lot of games. Murray Warmath, a successful coach, by the way. This came from Paul Walver, a friend of mine, who was the head coach at the University of Puget Sound. He worked with me there as well. Big Wally on game day one time is reputed to have said, stand on your helmet and put the sideline under your armpit for the national anthem. Now think about that. You're in a locker room, you're a player, you're all excited about going out and play the game. And the head coach says, stand on your helmet and put the sideline under your armpit. Can you imagine the smiles that had to have come out around that locker room? So I close with this. One, how can you tell when your life is out of balance? I would suggest during those times you need to increase your fun quota. Assignment for next week. You can apply what we've just talked about today. I would challenge you to sit down right now or at the nearest opportune time. Check your schedule to make sure you've got enough fun and enough humor so that you can provide fun and humor for others. Thanks so much for listening in. Hopefully this helps you have more smiles, more fun, and your affect is great. Thank you.